Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 14. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Now, welcome back to the MCAT Podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray. If this is the first time listening to one of the MCAT podcast podcasts, you should know that we have many other podcasts as well. You can check them all out at mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com. As we are recording this one here, or releasing this one, the pre-med years, which is the longest running podcast that we have, has been out almost four years now. So if you don't listen to that one, I highly recommend you do. All right, MCAT stuff, let's talk about it. So we've been covering a lot of tips and tricks and and different ways to think about uh, the test prep and and should you use tutoring or a course and what books you should get and what about study groups. Today we're gonna dig a little bit more into content and talk about mnemonics. Let's jump in and say hi to Brian. So Brian, today we're gonna talk about mnemonics. Now, making mnemonics is hard. Spelling mnemonic is even harder, I think. But I heard you are the expert mnemonic man. Yeah, maybe not in spelling it, but obviously in my my many years of working with MCAT students, um, you know, I, I have heard and and helped create a bunch of mnemonics for students to help them memorize all the the tons and tons of stuff that's out there. Um, so first and most importantly, let's dispel one huge myth. Myth, myth about mnemonics, m- mnemonics, whatever. Right? <laughs> it's hard to pronounce too. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the, the myth is that everybody thinks of a mnemonic as, oh, you just like make a sentence with the first letter of all the things you're trying to memorize and then – that's what a mnemonic is. And, you, you know, you think back to elementary school learning the planets and you had that sentence, my very educated mother just served us nine pizzas. Uh, and then and then we had to go and make Pluto not a planet anymore. So now the pizza doesn't work. <laughs> and you're like, wait, OK, so my very educated mother, Mer- Mercury, Mars, Venus, you know, like and you kind of stumble over it if you don't if you don't actually remember it. Yeah. So those mnemonics certainly work. Right. You can make um you can make mnemonics like that for science facts, right? And and the one example I always use is the sentence, uh, King Philip comes over for good sex. That's kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species, all right? Uh, to, to memorize the kind of Linnaean tree of life, although now we would have to add domain to the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so those certainly work. The mistake, though, that people make is thinking that's where mnemonics end. And the reality, of course, is that, you know, in anything in education, and mnemonics are no exception, you really have to engage yourself 
in the modality of learning that works for you, you know, auditory, visual, kinesthetic. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. So first, something auditory. Um, that would be like the, the one I just said. So something like a sentence you can say out loud so it plugs into that auditory system. Um, an example there might be to remember the diatomic gases, right? The gases that are diatomic at the standard state. The mnemonic I use for that is have no fear of ice cold beer. And it's, it's kind of jingly, it rhymes, it's got a real auditory pop to it. So, you know, have no fear, hydrogen, uh, nitrogen, oxygen, uh, fluorine of ice cold beer, I for iodine, CL for cold, for chlorine, beer, BR for bromine, right? A good auditory mnemonic in the classic sense. But you could also make a visual mnemonic, right? You could look at the periodic table and see how the diatomic gases form a kind of L shape with the halogen group and then with oxygen and nitrogen. So if you can kind of visually remember the mnemonic, then that will stick much better for somebody who's more of a visual learner, right? So you want to think of ways to engage visually with something memorable rather than just something auditory. And then finally, kinesthetic. This is the one people tend to most often forget about when learning MCAT science content. But if you can kind of ground yourself ground in your body, in the physical reality of, of kind of the physics on the MCAT, or even think of ways to tie mental ideas to your own body, that can let you engage kinesthetically with a particular thing you're trying to remember. Now, that all sounds a little funky and a little abstract. So what I mean by that is the, the classic example I use of a, of a kinesthetic series of ideas to connect a, an MCAT abstract concept to your body is the right hand rule when thinking about magnetic fields. Um, now, obviously, you can't see me because you're listening to a podcast, but I'm already kind of holding my right hand up and thinking about, you know, how do I ground the idea in, in your actual right hand? And so what I say is first, think of hitchhiking with your thumb, right? Back in the 60s when it was safe to hitchhike, people would stick their thumb out. I'm going that way, going to San Francisco, right? So your thumb points in a given direction. I'm hitchhiking that way. So when you hold your hand out to do the right, right hand rule to figure out the relationship between force, electric field, and magnetic field, you hold your hand in a rigid L shape, right, with your fingers being the top part of the L and your thumb being the bottom part of the L, and your thumb points in the direction you want to go. So that's the velocity vector, right, the direction of the current, the direction that the charge is moving. Think of your thumb as hitchhiking along with the current. Then you've got your fingers, right? So your fingers are the magnetic field, right? When you draw a field, you draw all these kind of loopy lines for a field. So multiple lines, multiple fingers, your fingers are the field. So you hold your hand out, you see your thumb there pointing the direction you want to go. You see your fingers waggling back and forth in front of you. That's the field. And then palm push, right? So you think of your palm as pushing against something and that's the force vector coming out at a right angle from your hand. So fingers field, palm push, thumb hitchhiking along with the current. If you kind of hold your hand out in front of you and just try to connect those ideas kinesthetically to your body and how your hand moves around, you'll be much more likely to remember it than just trying to um, remember it as a drawing on a page or something abstract. Interesting. There's, there's for, for making flashcards, there's a theory out there that says you shouldn't just take somebody else's flashcards, that you should make your own flashcards. And it's really the, the creation of the flashcards that's solidifying information in your head. Do you think people should try to make their own mnemonics that fit with their thinking and their 
just style? Absolutely. And, and Ryan, that's the second half of the equation. So the first half was what I was talking about, the modality of the mnemonic, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. The second is the actual content of the mnemonic. And I usually say that you want mnemonics to be outrageous, naughty, or personal, or all three. Because our memory is not necessarily good at really abstract facts. We remember emotional connections. We remember personal things. So if you can build a mnemonic out of your friends, out of your family, personal events, your favorite movie, um, that's something that's going to be much more likely to stick with you than someone else's mnemonic. Naughty, outrageous, or personal? Or all three. Or all three. Oh, I got an awesome... An awesome, uh, uh, I don't know, what, what would you call that? Anyway, <laughs> I, I have a cool thing that I'm going to make for that. Okay. Uh, awesome. All right, so how much should students rely on mnemonics? They're, it depends on the student, right? And you hear me say that an awful lot in this podcast because it's always true, right? Everybody learns differently, so everybody has to find their own best approach. Um, well, I will say with my own tutoring students, I don't usually go to mnemonics as the first line of attack because as a good science student, you're already quite good at memorizing things. But um, typically, I like to go to them very quickly as a second line of defense. So if you're doing your MCAT prep or you're studying and then you take some practice and you realize, oh, I didn't remember this at all. And you go back and you review your notes and it occurs to you, look, this is just not going to stick. I, I don't – for whatever reason, the, this fact or these series of facts don't, don't slot in well into my brain. They don't, they don't fit well in my brain. Well, I'm going to just have to make a mnemonic. I'm going to have to transform this knowledge into something that does fit really well in my brain and then I'll remember it. I like it. One of the ones that still is in my head from medical school is Randy Travis drinks cold beer. And that's the mnemonic for the brachial plexus and, and how all of that works. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. One of my favorite medical ones is, is uh, same Dave, right, for sympathetic, afferent, motor, efferent, dorsal, afferent, ventral, efferent for the spinal column. Interesting. Oh, we might have to come up with a, a an awesome list of mnemonics and maybe have students contribute to a mnemonics list for everybody. That might it be a, like a good project. Idea. All right. Any other words of wisdom for students making mnemonics or thinking about mnemonics? Uh, absolutely share with your friends, right? Even though making your own is the best, the more you've got, the more the merrier when it comes to mnemonics. Let's see how many more M's we can cram in there. <laughs> more, more the merrier mnemonics, right? Share them with your friends, borrow them, check out online um, so that you can make sure you have all that knowledge on your, at your fingertips on test day. All right, there you have it, mnemonics. So get out there and start writing down mnemonics. Think about them in a way that works for you. Don't just go out and copy other people's mnemonics. But really, as Brian talked about, really think about the way that your brain works and how you're going to remember things. Because a mnemonic is useless if you're on your study day, in your study day, or your test day, actually, and you can't remember. You're like, oh, I know there was this mnemonic. I just can't remember it. Because then you're, you're SOL, as they say. All right, so don't forget to go check out all of the awesome services and products that Next Step has over at nextsteptestprep.com. You can use the promo code 
MCATPOD. That's all capital letters, MCATPOD, to save some money on their new awesome course, which I am in the middle of evaluating and reviewing. It looks awesome so far. So go check it out. They also, if you don't remember, have a ton of MCAT practice tests and like full length practice tests. They have 10 of them. And you can sign up for a free full length practice test if you go over to nextsteptestprep.com. All right. I hope you got some useful information out of the podcast today. And as always, join us next week here at the MCAT podcast and check out everything that we're doing over at mededmedia.com.